that I would be speaking at a chapel at my alma mater. I understand Dennis Edding is going to be speaking to our class tomorrow, and the way I figured it out, they chose the best athlete out of our class and the person with the lowest GPA. <laughs> so you can guess which was which, because Dennis is quite an athlete. To all of you that might be worried whether you can get a job or not after college, uh, remember, I graduated with a 2.2 GPA and still managed to earn three master's degrees and a doctorate. But that's kind of beside the point. And thanks to my wife to make sure I got through all of that. I want to talk to you this morning about something that's very important to me, and it has to do with victory. In uh, Psalm 60, verse 12, it says, With God, we will gain the victory. Now, before I became a pastor... I spent 18 years coaching high school and some college basketball. One thing I discovered was I like winning a whole lot more than I like losing. Now, those of you who know anything about Concordia High School, it was taken into the Hall of Fame a few years ago at Era of Excellence. Football championships, basketball championships, baseball, state wrestling champions like Dennis Eddy. In college, I was introduced to losing. <laughs> In coaching high school college basketball, I found I didn't like it either. I much preferred winning. Have you ever been to an athletic contest from that? You've actually heard that cheer. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. Victory, victory, that's our cry. So I'm going to give you just a little acronym today maybe you kind of hang your hat on and think about what it really means to be a person of victory. So let's start with that first letter of B, and I, I want to tell you that the B stands for vision. In Proverbs 29, 8, 18, 18, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or in modern translations, where there is no vision, people cast off restraint. They're like the tail end of the book of Judges, because there was no king of the land, people did whatever they darn well felt like. Which is probably the way it's going to be after the next election. <laughs> but that's also beside the point. So what do we have a, a vision of? Well, I could put it in theological terms, maybe of justification, sanctification, and glorification. We know what it means to be justified by God through His Son, Jesus, His suffering, death, and resurrection on the cross. We hear, heard about sanctification, the life that we live in response to what God has already done for us through Jesus, and someday a point of glorification when it's all behind us, and we're all in heaven celebrating the ultimate victory. Or you can look at it this way. The past, the present, and the future. Where have you been? Where are you today? And where will you be, God willing, in the future as you graduate? It's 50 years since I graduated. I actually walked across the stage to get my grade school diploma from St. John's. Walked across the stage to get my high school diploma from Concordia High School. And walked across the stage because I graduated in the summer. Lots of stuff has happened in my 71 years. But what I can always see is how God was faithful in the past, God is faithful in the present, and He will always be faithful in the future. How about the letter I? Integrity. Are you a person of integrity? The Bible uses that word, and it just literally means to have a one-piece heart. Are you the same person in the dark as you are in the light? Can people count on you? What you say is what you're going to deliver. Are you a 
integrity. And that's very important. I don't care what job you have, whether you are going to be a teacher, whether you're going to ultimately become a pastor, whether you work in the business field, whether you're going to be a farmer, I don't care what it is. And are you a person who can be trusted? Because people, if they know that you're a Christ follower, will want to know about that. Are you a person that's integrity? Letter C, commitment. Today, a lot of people aren't really committed as much. Remember, uh, Bob Bennett, Steve Bennett, who used to be Secretary of Education one time, said he got an invitation to a wedding, and he said, come and celebrate the wedding of John and Mary, who will be together for as long as love will last. So he sent them the ultimate wedding present, paper plates. <laughs> they evidently weren't very committed. Now, what would you be committed to? Let me suggest a few things. Be committed to be in worship. I tried to skip church once about seven or eight years ago. I couldn't do it. Now, it's a great habit to be in. Now, I still have to go because I'm the pastor. <laughs> I can't get out of it. But to be committed to worship God wherever you are, whether it's in a gathering in college or whether it's a gathering in a new church where you're going to end up after you graduate, or all the many churches that the graduates of 1966 have been in over the years, committed to worshiping our God, committed to prayer. I'm so very thankful that uh, before I came under, my wife prayed for me. I think she's hoping I don't do anything really dumb. Because she's seen it, believe me. Being a person of prayer. But also being a person who is committed to God's Word. The biblical narrative. To study your Bible from beginning to end and see how everything connects. Because in there you're going to find all kinds of things that you're going to need to become a victorious Christ follower. Let's see, how about the letter T? What could we come up with? How about tenacity? That just shows I have education. I think it's a big word. I used to run. It doesn't look like I did. Um, but I used to run some, and down our block, there was a dog that sat behind the screen door that used to yap at me every morning. It wasn't a real dog. It was one of those Taco Bell dogs. I mean, I believe if you have a dog, it can go, whoop. But one morning he happened to be out on the front lawn. And when I came by, Taco ran out and banged me in the leg. I had long pants on. I said, oh, you want to go for a run? So I took him. Then I came back and shook him off on the front lawn. And the only thing on that side I was doing, I said, I'm just playing with your dog. But see, that's tenacity. That's tenacity. That's hanging on in the dark until the light comes. If you had time, I would suggest you talk to graduates of the class of 1966. I have a feeling that a few of them lived through dark times over the years. Some of you that have now graduated probably may have had them as well. And sometimes all you can do is just hang on because you know the light of the world is there and the light of the world is going to come back again. Be tenacious in your faith. Hang on. Don't give up. Oh, obedience. Obedience to what? I've taught long enough to study the various promises in the Bible. There are a lot of promises in the Bible. And what I've often taught is this, that every promise has a premise. 
We sometimes want what the promise promises, but we're not always that interested in what the premise is. But yes, that takes obedience. Let me give you an example. One of my life verses is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. We would all like to have our past made straight. I would have liked to have had all 50-some years of my ministry life be smooth without any problems whatsoever. I would have really loved to have 51 years of no problems in a marriage. Well, we, that we managed to do. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> but that Bible verse says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And then what happens? Then your path is made straight. That's the part of obedience. Sometimes I've even asked people over time, counsel, what part of obedience do you not understand? What God has said is what God has said. Why not try it God's way? So what I'm up to, be on C-T-O-R. How about readiness to serve? My first year as a pastor, they had a banquet or something beforehand. It was all over. I got up because I learned from my grandpa, who happened to be the janitor at the church, the school, and the parish hall at St. John's. By the way, I lived in the, the house on the corner of Second Cedar, right here in St. John's. So I got up and started taking the plates up and wrapping up the plastic that they always had a booth and potlucks on the table. And somebody came up to me and says, Pastor, go sit down. That's not your job. And I said, it is always my job to serve. Don't let yourself be found in a situation where you're not serving the Lord in all that you do. Whether you're flipping a burger, teaching little kids, working in a medical profession, being a pastor, you are there called to be a servant. To have a servant heart. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to be a servant of all. That's our calling, too. Why? How about yoke? Be yoked with the Spirit. One of my favorite Bible passages is Acts chapter 1, 8. I mean, there's a number of great commission Bible passages in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and some even the Old Testament, believe it or not. Well, I like this one. It says that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, now, when did that happen? For many of us, it came at the time of our baptism. The Holy Spirit came in. He is now what I like to call the resident president. He lives inside. Now, he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you could possibly consider mission work. Now, he doesn't say that. He said, you will be, what, witnesses and then he actually tells you where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. Now, where is that? You probably say, well, I'm never going to go to the Holy Land. Okay, maybe not. I remember getting off a plane in South Africa and somebody told me to walk to the ends of the earth. That's a long ways away, too. But you all have a Jerusalem. You all, that's where you live. There's a place to witness again to Jesus. You've all got a Judea, the area around where you live. And guess what? You've probably all got a Samaria. Now, Samaritans were not well-loved by people who thought that they were religious. I have a sneaking feeling that a lot of Christians have a lot of people they don't particularly care for. They don't particularly like. They want to hang around with them. You can fill in the blank, whatever that may be. 
but we are still called to witness to them. For the last 15 years, I've been working at Louisiana State Penitentiary in Angola, Louisiana. It's the largest maximum security prison in America, 6,200 men. The average sentence is 88 years. They will not get out. But these guys, right now, maybe 2,000 more born-again believers. Why would you work with people like that? People ask me, why would you want to go work with people like that? I said, because they are sinners just like you. That's the reason. We are called to do that. And to the end of the year, who knows where that could be. Someday it might be the first you live next to. Might be the first you end up marrying. I don't know that you witnessed it. You kind of follow some of those things that Christ taught them. I suggested that you might actually live a life of victory. Vision, integrity, commitment, tenacity, obedience, readiness to serve, and yoke with the Spirit. You all know this cheer, so let's do this cheer together. I'm going to repeat it once for you, but this is going to help cement in your mind. It goes this way D I C T O R Y victory, victory. You know that? Let's all say it together. B I C T O R Y victory, victory, that's our cry. God bless you in your pursuit of victory as one of his followers. Please search for page 460, right, sir?